Hello there and welcome. From the Bray Seafront, south of Dublin, next to the Carousel, this is Living Large and Hard, Memories of Ireland. So sit back, get comfortable, cop on to yourself, you tick fucking bastards, and enjoy. Because here we go. Well, hello. This is Living Large and Hard. Actually from the skybox, high above Route 309 Alton, Pennsylvania, like always. With a remote intro from Mick over there in Ireland, that's Bray, that's just south of Dublin. One of my favorite places. Um, what I'm going to do is in a series of probably, well, we'll see how many there are. I'm going to do a series of these. And this is things that I've done on my trips to Ireland. Now, am I going to do like a travelogue thing? <laughs> course I'm not. That wouldn't be me, would it, folks? Plus, you can look all that shit up yourself. Now, if anybody wanted to go to Ireland, wanted recommendations, I could do that. I've been there seven times. Started going in the early 90s, 93, I think. Last time was in 2012. The country changed vastly in that time. There was the whole Celtic Tiger um, financial boom that was followed by the worldwide Great Recession financial bust. So I was there, uh, God, the early 90s. It was in some aspects, in some parts of the country, like being there in the 50s. And that's not an exaggeration. And that was a good thing. Um, so anyway, what I'm not going to do is some travelogue thing. I'm going to do what I do, which is something different. So I'm going to break this down into travel. So uh, there's a section on air traffic. Air traffic. <laughs> yeah, there was air traffic involved, but I had nothing to do with it. There's going to be a, a section on um, planes, another one on cars, another one on boats, because uh, there was a couple trips on boats. And then there's going to be more uh, of me not stopping like this on pubs, because a lot happened in pubs, as you can imagine. And Bray figures in a lot of these things. Now, my absolute favorite place probably in Ireland, I'd have to say it is, is Kilkee. Which, um, speaking of recommendations, I recommend you fly into Shannon, go directly to Kilkee, which is this cute little town. And um, it has a circular harbor, almost completely circular. And then if you go off to the west, out of town, there's these cliffs just miles and miles of cliffs along the ocean that you can explore. I'd say go there, you know, rack out. What I usually have done is go there and rack out and then get up in the late afternoon and you should be pretty much over your jet lag by then. Not completely, but that'll give you a good start and you're in a beautiful place. And, um, you know, you can, it's easy enough to get a place right in town along the oceanfront or one street back so you can just walk everywhere and, you know unless you're gonna have to drive to get out to the cliffs but you had to drive to get there from Shannon anyway and then uh, I do recommend staying in the west now my one occasional listener in Dublin nothing against you personally because I don't fucking know you um, but I'm not a I'm not a fan of Dublin it's pretty much like any international city 
if you don't know the history of the uprising and the post office and you know like i said the easter uprising and all that kind of stuff um if you haven't if you're not a fan of irish literature relating to dublin eh, i don't really see a reason to go there i mean if you're a huge fan of guinness then go i've been there to guinness and it was it always struck me as cheesy i'm sure they've redone it since but you know they got half the fucking money in the universe but other than that you know maybe to go say hi to my one occasional listener in dublin so anyway let's get to the uh the travel part of traveling now like i said when i started flying it was god it's almost 30 years ago now that i think of it very different world people would actually because once the plane took off and got to a certain once takeoff was completed people could smoke on the plane there were no smoking sections but they were worthless because you're in a fucking airplane so people would actually sit with a cigarette and a lighter (laughs) just like sitting there waiting for the uh you know they still have those no smoking thing but those used to actually turn off and people could smoke so they would just sit there and wait, and like, ding. Yeah. Ended up in the smoking section one time. I mean, non-smoking was marginally better, but holy fuck was it bad. I don't remember when that ended. It wasn't too long into that, maybe mid-90s. Um, the planes, the flights themselves were pretty much just a, an open party. I w- you'd see people go to the galley and come back with armloads of beer. And, uh, you know, that's not the same anymore. If you've flown, you get your drink and you get, you know, you might get a freebie and then you have to pay whatever, five bucks, five euro for another. And then they kind of cut you off. But anyway, there's that kind of, that kind of uh, party atmosphere going on, which is great. Um, I've tried everything for jet lag, just so you know. I've tried moving my internal clock back to where my time was matched up with the time I'm going to. Didn't work. I've tried uh, taking, you know, sleeping pills and sleeping on the flight over. Didn't work. Um, Just basically what I used to do, though, is just get cocked up and then wake up and then go to Kill Key and, uh, you know, check in, sleep. It's it's a five-hour time difference. They say it's like... It takes a day to get back an hour. I don't fucking know. Everybody's different. Anyway, it's enough of that bullshit. So there is, yeah, quite the party atmosphere. Uh, There's this one time a guy was sitting in front of me. And uh, get over here, I'm talking. And he was talking about some woman. And he said, yeah. He, she is like your man behind us, only pretty. Referring to me. And I said, what? You don't think I'm fucking pretty? Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm sad. I'm only messing. Um, and the 2012 flight, there was a fainting stewardess. She was not partaking of the party. She just uh, dehydrated. You know, didn't do the, the usual shit that they should do when they're flying all the time because they don't get the rack out. And I could tell she was pretty wobbly when she was pushing the cart up. And from, I was sitting on the aisle and it was from behind me on my right going up she just didn't look right and then got a little farther up and then boom that was that so that was interesting 
that caused a bit of a ruckus. But she, oh yeah, and she did get to go back and sleep. They have these little, like a little uh, sleep bunk things on the airplane, so she got to go back and actually take a nap. Lucky fucker. Um, there was a trip. It was the. It was the. Uh, I'm gonna get back to this. So I'm gonna because it was just it's such a heartwarming story. Um, so back before 9/11, when security was much more lax. I learned early on, you just you just get there when you get there. This whole standing to get to your seat early so you can sit on the plane longer. Fuck all that. So, get there. Um, you'd go, you'd, you know, you'd check in. And then you just go to the bar. And they would call your name. And then they would call your name after a while. And then the third time they call your name, then you would go. And they would actually, uh, it wasn't a big deal. They just, it just, it was cool. Because, you know, nice relaxed pace. Anyway, flying back uh, on the Millennium trip. I went there for the Millennium because everybody was freaking out about Y2K here. And I uh, thought about going to Buenos Aires because it would have been summer. And that would have been very different. But it was a, you know, it's a god-awful long flight. And expensive. And then I thought of Iceland, but Iceland at the time for for the New Year's Eve was expensive as well. And Ireland was very affordable. Figured I'd do what I always do when we're there. So me and Danny Boy went and um, had an interesting time when we're there. Get back to that. But anyway, when we were leaving on that trip, also that, tri- that trip ties into the barge trip I took. Because we were walking along to get the bus to go to the airport. And I noticed that the locks through Dublin said if you need them, need them to be opened, you call a certain phone number. And I went, holy fuck, they use these locks. And I'd already been on the cabin cruiser trip. And so it became this whole barge trip thing. We'll get to that later. So anyway, we're sitting in, a, in the pub in uh, the pub in Dub. And... Danny boy's getting nervous because they've called our name. There was a couple of German women there. They were cool to talk to. There was a guy from Iceland, and it was very memorable. He had a he had a suit on, and uh, I said, "Danny, just go." I said, "They're they're not going to leave without us." And if you want to go, go. Um, but the guy from Iceland said, "Ireland is my favorite place to do nothing." And I thought, that's about fucking perfect. That's the way to put it. Um, so <laughs> there was a, a one flight. Oh, it was, God, it took forever. Um, as you know, I mentioned Bray, so we'll take from Bray up instead of from, you know, we'll do it in the reverse order because that was more brutal because it was coming back. So I really didn't want to do it, but leaving Bray had to walk from the bed and breakfast. Take the dart, the Dublin area rapid transit. Takes you up along the coast. It's fucking brilliant. Um, you go past Bono's old place, which has this big glass bedroom circular thing on a pedestal. And then what you do is you take that downtown, then you walk, and then you take the bus uh, to the airport, and you go through all that rigmarole at the airport. And then we flew to Heathrow, and then from Heathrow, which is gigantic, uh, to get from... 
where we flew in to where we were going to fly out. And we were walking and taking a bus and then walking again and going in some subterranean thing. And then we flew to JFK and then took a limo home. Oh, my God. I was, it was like constant movement for a long, long time. And it still felt, you know, laying in bed like everything was still slightly shimmying. But on that flight, we flew Air India. The food was good. That's about it. Um, getting ready to board at Heathrow, I looked at the engine. You know, let's let's go on up. Look to the left out the window. There's the plane. The left engine has a gigantic fucking dent in it, like someone dropped a, like someone threw a Volkswagen Beetle at it. That's how big this dent is. And I pointed it out to the uh, second Mrs. Living Large and Hard. And uh, second ex Mrs. Living Large and Hard. And I said, look at that dent. And she went, should we tell someone? I said, don't tell anyone. I said, it got here with the dent. It's going to get us there, hopefully with the dent, because I'm not fucking waiting for another plane after all this bullshit. Um, that flight was something else, man. Uh... There was a lady puking with the door open. <laughs> just <laughs> Oh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, she just had the door open on her knees with her feet out in the uh, in the rest of the plane puking. Um, there was a guy who would cut the line constantly. There was always a line for the bathrooms. And he must have been some higher caste dude because no one ever said anything. Which, you know... He didn't do that shit on me because I would really have enjoyed that. Um, there was a wild uh, Bollywood flick. I don't know if you ever seen a Bollywood flick. Man, they're very entertaining. Most of them, they have these huge dance numbers. And uh, this one had some martial arts and all kinds of shit like that. Some wild music. So that was entertaining as well. And afterwards, I've never been on a plane that was so trashed. There was piles of blankets, piles of garbage. It was unbelievable. Not to disparage anybody, but this flight was fucking trashed. Um, there was a flight we were coming out. It was the three-week one. Two weeks on a on the cabin cruiser and another week. That was a week in a car. Two. Oh, my God. What the fuck is wrong with me? Two weeks in the car. And then one week on a cabin cruiser. And then grabbed all the beers out of the fridge on the boat. And then Danny and I were slamming them in the airport. Uh, which, you know, looked as pathetic as it sounds. Because it was morning. But uh, there was um, another flight. And I believe we were coming back. And, you know, there's turbulence. I've dealt with a lot of turbulence. Both in my personal life and flying and but this shit was something else man it started out with the usual little shaking and bouncing up and down and it got progressively worse and worse and worse and you could actually see the fuselage twisting in two different directions like tend to me again look forward to your right the fuselage is twisting 
from the top to the bottom and then if you look farther up it's going from the bottom to the top like doing that kind of thing and also it was shaking so bad at the same time that I couldn't believe the overhead compartments didn't pop open so I was admiring the uh, their expertise in designing those things that they didn't just you know fly open and start crushing people's heads with the crap that was in them and I usually don't get too rattled by anything but I was getting pretty rattled and um, I looked over at the second X Mrs. Living Large and Hard and um, we both did the big eyes thing like what the fuck and there were two kids behind us preteens I'd say and they started laughing and that was perfect what the fuck are you going to do you're 35,000 feet in the air. You're going 500 some miles an hour. There's no oxygen. Something goes on. You can tuck your head between your legs all you want to. Um, you know, basically just to kiss your ass goodbye and fuck your flotation device because it's going to be over pretty damn quick. So we just sat back and enjoyed the ride. Uh, man, it went on for a while, but, you know, it was with an entirely new perspective. So getting back to this other story that I'd promised you and I'm sure you just jotted that down like man he better get back because this sounds like no I'm sure he didn't probably forgot all about it which I almost did um, flying out in 1998 from Newark and we were in the bar and we're watching The Wizard of Oz on TV just kind of settled in and I went Oh, fuck. And they said, what? I said, we're supposed to be flying to Ireland. We can, we'd forgotten because we were so engrossed with, you know, drinking beer and watching a movie we'd seen 6,000 times. So, grabbed our shit, hauled ass out of the pub, popped out, took a right, headed down the, whatever it is, the jetway or whatever the fuck you want to call it, towards the gate. And um, we heard him, you know, with passengers Marvin and Newman, please board now. And I was like, oh, that's a good sign. Because it was last call. <laughs> it was the third one, you know, last. So I said, we're, on it. we're almost there. Don't sweat it. And um, I, I think TSA was called something before they were TSA. Maybe not. But anyway, one of the security ladies took it upon herself to continuously tell us, y'all gonna miss your flight. And um, I said, nope, they called us. They know we're coming. She said, oh no, y'all gonna miss your flight. And what she did while the others did their security job thing, you know, we put our shit on the x-ray machine and went through all that. And did we do that back in those days? Yeah, I think we did. Anyway, we went through all that crap. And she just walked behind her co-workers to, har <laughs> to, to harass us that y'all gonna miss your flight and um, I don't know I enjoyed that I enjoyed her uh, her positive her positivity about the fact that we were gonna get fucked but didn't happen we ended up uh, having fucking fantastic vacation actually oh that was a good one yeah that was the one uh Two weeks on the road, which I'll mention again because that comes up again. Um, 
weekend of cabin cruiser. I'll mention that because that comes up again. And we also went to the Skellig's Island Islands, which is a bird sanctuary, um, eight miles off the coast. And you get in this little boat with like 30 people. And you head out and they drop you off there. And the boat's going uh, like up and down, like three or four feet. And like the thing would come up and there'd be a couple guys there. They'd go, ahoy. They'd actually say that. And then you, you had to step off onto the key uh, pier and try not to fall in. And then they'd say, we're going to be back two and a half hours. And then you went up and, oh, just look it up. Skellig Michael is the bird sanctuary, which smelled, not unsurprisingly, because it was covered with birds, smelled like fishy bird shit. But it was really cool. And, um, yeah, and then, uh, well, that was a little Skellig. I don't know, one of them, one of the ones, yeah, then it has beehive huts from the 5th century and a ruined church from 600 years later. But super cool. Check that out, the Skelligs. Um, anyway, we're heading out on this little boat. And um, I told Danny, I go, look, there's no, there's no life preserver. He goes, there's got to be. And I go, well, it doesn't have to be. We're not in America. You know what I mean? Yeah, you look, wherever you looked, there was nothing that said under this seat you know, over up here, they didn't have any announcement. Like in the case, this thing flips over and you're dying. Here's what to grab to maybe not die. So, but it was, that was cool as hell. And, um, yeah, it was a beautiful day. Went to a store afterwards when we got back and, uh, the guy wasn't there. He's watching a, he's watching a soccer game next door where he lived <laughs> when he saw us pull in anyway. And, uh, yeah, we were just getting ready to go. And he goes, ah, come on in. And he asked if we were there. And he's like, oh, you know, it's, you know, you got one of the few very clear days that they ever have out there. And um, I burnt the shit out of my fucking bald-ass head. I look, you know, later, not too much later, because I really burn it. Uh, just the layers peeling off like a goddamn onion. Anyway, that's the uh, the plane's part of looking back on my trips to Ireland also I got cars coming up and pubs and uh, boats and maybe I'll do more later if I think of any miscellaneous stuff but as always from high above route 309 in the skybox Allentown Pennsylvania uh, you can get a hold of me this is Living Large Nord you already knew that you can get a hold of me a zillion different ways. SoundCloud, if you listen on SoundCloud, Micromax Marvin, Facebook, message me, D DM me, Living Large and Hard on Instagram, and also Shit for Brains, Gmail, X I T F E R Brains, Gmail. You can email me if you got my number, text me. Uh, dude in Ireland, a woman in Ireland, whatever you are. Again, if you want to do a rebuttal about the wonders of Dublin go for it and I'll probably disagree with you because I've been there many times and I know but anyway thanks for listening feedback people feedback let me know um, this is is available pretty much anywhere so if there's a way you listen to podcasts and it's not there let me know I'll see if I can fix that chances are it's there I love you all not really I don't know who the fuck most of you are anyway let's listen to some traffic <laughs>